the Rocky Mountain Mile High region. What is up? Special Monday edition, Denver Sports Tonight. I'm your host, Cecil Lammy, talking about all things Denver sports. I'm even going to talk, well, basically complain about the Rockies. That's coming up later in the program. Look at KJ. KJ's like, what? <laughs> Cecil's going to talk Rockies? Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling fine, KJ. I'm feeling fine. Uh, our man Jake Shapiro just wrote something at denversports.com uh, that you need to check out. And why the problems with the Rockies, it's not the Montforts, it's you, Rockies fans. I'll go over that coming up later in the program. But you know if I'm on, I'm going to be talking about the Broncos. I'm going to be talking about fantasy football. And I'm going to be talking about the position previews that start today. Denversports.com is where you go. And you check out the previews, the training camp previews from myself and Andrew Mason. And we got to talk, man. I think there are a lot of Broncos fans out there that have misconceptions about Russell Wilson. Now, what's interesting about Russell Wilson is the fact that so many people don't understand who he is. Now, I will say we don't know where he's at in his career. We don't. Like, is Russ washed? Is Russ, you know, just had a down year because Hackett sucks or whatever? Like, yeah, we don't know that just yet. So I can't say we know where he's at. And I've seen every mandatory minicamp, almost all OTAs, one I missed. I was in Vegas, humble brag. Um, but, like, I've watched this team this entire offseason. And I, I can't tell you, not because of the media policy where he can't say anything, we just don't know. Pat's got to come on. You know, actual physicality has to come into the game, and it will in training camp, by the way. There will be actual football in training camp. So you all should be excited, but here's why you should be excited about Russell Wilson. Because as we start our training camp previews at denversports.com, of course we start with the quarterback position, and I get too many things. I only get one of two things. There's only two mindsets out in Broncos country, and I'm here to tell you there is a third. Okay, and it may not be my mindset, but I just want to go over the three mindsets that you should be considering when you consider Russell Wilson. One, I hear he's washed, he sucks, Seattle was right, they're making fun of us, Geno Smith, whatever, like we're worse off with Russell Wilson, all these sorts of things. I hear that quite a bit. I hear the other side, and partially I blame part of the media because, unfortunately, team sports has become more cheerleading than it is actual analysis and understanding football. And there are some beat writers who understand the game. There are some beat writers who just cover a team. And there is a difference. There is a huge difference. There are some beat writers that are fed information by the team to put out to the fans. That's how they – it's the access game. I've talked about it before. And there's some – Denver media that actually understand football, analyze football, and know what's going on. Other guys just show up and report, and it's why you see reporters sitting down during practice. Sean Payton will kick you out for that, by the way. Um, it's why you see like people playing grab ass and telling Dick Cheney jokes instead of actually watching practice. I actually get annoyed if um, I am bothered too much during practice. And that's just the way I am. I'm there to watch practice. I'm not there to catch up. I'm not there to, to tell you how my kids are doing. I'm not there to ask about your family. Like, I'm sorry, and that makes me sound like an aloha, but whatever. I'm there to work. When we're in the media room, yeah, sure, how's it going? How's life? How you been? Like, that's all fine and well. 
But I'll tell you this, my dumb ass isn't sitting down on a practice field, as I've seen some media members do, which is awful, by the way. And, yes, Sean Payton in New Orleans has kicked media members out for sitting down at practice. Like, you're at practice, dude. This is your job. Stand up. Pay attention to what's going on out there on the practice field. And watching Russell Wilson, I can't yet tell you, you know, is he totally back and it's going to be greatest than, than ever or does he suck or whatever. I don't think he sucks, though. So we have to stop with these two things. And, again, I kind of blame the media for both. There's the sky is falling, everything's terrible, Russell Wilson can't play. That's terrible. Nobody wants to listen to that. Nobody wants to read that kind of nonsense. That's just garbage. On the flip side, nobody should want to read the, it's totally fine, let's go Broncos, Broncos for life, like, yeah, Russell Wilson, everything's great. Like, everything is not awesome. Life is not the Lego movie. Okay, so if you run a website or your reporters are told to stay positive on everything, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. The best way, do the work. Don't sit your ass down at practice. Do the work. Watch practice. And then analyze. Understand the game. Study the game. I will never know everything about football, and it drives me crazy, and it drives me crazy. Like, I love it, and I love it. Um, Because... It's like, I just want to know as much as I possibly can. That's why I talk to the pros. It's why I talk to the players. It's why I talk to GMs. It's why I talk to scouts. Because they know a hell of a lot more than I do. And I just want to learn, man. And in learning about this game and in watching this game, I understand that a certain amount of patience is required. So I'm not here to tell you Russell Wilson sucks. I think that's dumb. And rule number one in life, don't be dumb. Okay? So the whole Russell Wilson sucks, like, okay, Is he what he used to be? He certainly wasn't last year. Can he be better than last year? Obviously, because last year was so terrible. But is it going to be everything's all fine and different Broncos for life? Like, no, that's that's not analysis. That is pom-pom cheerleading, and that is wrong because you as fans need to know what's going on at Centura Health Training Center. Not everything's fine and Russell's the greatest ever, like, I think Russell Wilson is a good man. I think Russell Wilson is largely misunderstood. I think Russell Wilson will be better than last year, but that's not saying much because last year was a disaster because Nathaniel Hackett doesn't know what he's doing. So Russell Wilson will be better, but how much better? Sean Payton will fix Russell Wilson, but how much is left to repair, right? Is Russell Wilson going to be 90% of what he was in his heyday at Seattle? I think that's a good number. Is Russell Wilson going to be better than he's ever been before? That's unlikely, given his age, first year in a new system, whatever. But wherever that level is at, and I think it's 2021 Jameis Winston before the injury. 2021 Jameis Winston before the injury was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the entire league. It was off his 30 for 30 season, which was embarrassing. And they get Jameis 30 for 30, throwing the 30 interceptions. And then he's on track for basically like 35 touchdowns and less than 10 picks. And he gets hurt. Hurts his knee. You have to even question, would Sean Payton, had he gone to the playoffs with Jameis Winston, if he was healthy the whole season, would he have even left New Orleans? That's a big what if. We're doing our what if series now on Orange and Blue today. Make sure to check it out, 3.30 on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, etc. But the thing is, with Russell Wilson... There's a third possibility. The third possibility is he could be good to very good and it still not be good enough. 
Now, I want to explain. There's Caleb Williams coming out next year. I know Drake May is going to get some love as well, and it is a little bit premature. I mean, it, there was a time when Sam Howell was thought of as the number one pick, but Sam Howell's not on the level of a Drake May or a Caleb Williams. Okay, we're talking about franchise-level quarterbacks, like a Trevor Lawrence-level franchise, legit, no-question type of quarterback. I'm not going to say Andrew Luck because Luck is special and Luck was ruined by the Indianapolis Colts. But either way, you have that type of talent coming into the league next year. If you're the Broncos and you can, you can always get your guy, okay? Don't give me this suck for Luck, tank for Trevor, or any of that other crap. That's garbage. You know what happened when the Bills had to move up for Josh Allen? They moved up for Josh Allen. Do you know that Kansas City moved up 16 spots for Pat Mahomes? 16 spots to get Patrick Mahomes. When you see your guy, go get your guy. And you're capable of doing that. So this whole, like, you got to suck, you better have a top five pick, like, it helps. But you better have the number one overall pick if you're going to get Caleb Williams. And you better have the number two overall pick if you're going to get Drake May. Okay? So Russell Wilson, his competition is actually in college right now. Because Sean Payton, can it, can it work with Russ? Yes, but to what degree? Like, is Russell Wilson just a little above average? I think Russell Wilson has to be great for the team not to consider other options. And those other options would be in the draft. I, I don't think there's any scenario where you're looking at other, you know, free agent quarterbacks or trading for a veteran quarterback. I don't forecast that. Doesn't mean it couldn't happen. Anything is possible, right, KG? That's what KG said. But in the at the end, like of this season, you need to know about Russ. You need to know can Russell Wilson flourish? Not necessarily further develop, he's too old to do that, but can he flourish in this system? My answer is yes. My answer is yes. Now it's on him to do it. Because that pressure is there. It's on him to stay healthy. I talked about it last week on Denver Sports Tonight. Like Russell Wilson's second most important thing he needs to do is protect himself. And in Seattle, he didn't do that because he's playing hero ball. Hero ball will not win. Pat Mahomes, when he would struggle in the postseason, and it didn't happen very often, but when he did, do you know why? It was because he was playing hero ball. When he was able to rely on a rushing attack, Isaiah Pacheco, cough, Isaiah Pacheco, cough. When he's able to, you know, know that he could dink and dunk and dink and duck and then attack. Like when you're always on the attack, when you're always looking to score a touchdown on every throw, you don't win that way. Even the greatest experience that. When John Elway would do everything and then they get to the Super Bowl and get waxed because they didn't have anybody else, like, okay, there's, there's a reason why. When John Elway could lean on a Shannon Sharp, he could lean on a Terrell Davis, Rod Smith, Ed McCaffrey. You know what they did? They won championships. That's the, it's the ultimate team game. So even the greatest and some of the greatest of all time, you cannot play hero ball. Play within the structure, take shots when you need to, and have planned, and this is a funny term because we look at Russell Wilson and he's an improvisational quarterback. He can be, some of his best plays are off of improv plays. Well, last year, he was way down in this Frankenstein of an offense from Nathaniel Hackett where he was just making too many reads, holding on to the ball too long, then trying to play hero ball, then screwing it up. You saw at the end of the season when he had three touchdowns a game 
in the last two games with Justin Outen calling plays, the guy that I made fun of all year because he didn't do anything. When he actually was able to do something with Jer Bear, running the show as interim head coach, Russell Wilson had three touchdowns a game. I think that's a certain level. I'm not going to say three every week, but a couple three touchdowns a game under Sean Payton. Hell yeah, that's possible. Russell Wilson's staring at a 30-touchdown season. I think the proper projection for him in this run-heavy run offense is probably 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But Russell Wilson has to go out and perform now. It's not where he can be okay and, man, it worked, and, hey, it was better than last year, and, oh, they had nine wins. None of that will mean Russell Wilson will continue as the Broncos quarterback, and I believe he knows that. Now, that's not official. It's not like anybody told me that, but I just – Forecast what's coming into the league, Caleb Williams, Drake May. Forecast what the Broncos are going to have to pay Russell Wilson. I believe it's on the fourth day of the new league year. KJ, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, you have this payday coming. You need to know, like, how good can it be? Russell Wilson will be better. Duh. He doesn't suck. He's not washed. Those are all nonsensical takes. And for the love of God, the last thing that anybody needs in life whether it's sports or otherwise, is nonsensical, you know, major media outlets just talking out of their backside. I think I've said ass too much on tonight's show, but either way. <laughs> KJ's like, would you please stop saying that? Like, please? Either way. Like, I know Russell Wilson doesn't suck, okay? And anyone that's promoting that doesn't know football. Now, I also know... Russell Wilson's not going to be better than ever, okay? And that's not sitting on the fence. This isn't the Mike Evans, I'm going to be right no matter what because I'm right in the middle, right? And Evans asks the proper questions. That's the thing. Mike Evans gets a lot of crap from some fans out there, not as much as DMAC. You know what Mike Evans does? He asks the proper questions. I think the answer for Russell Wilson is unknown at this time, but it's silly to say he sucks and it's silly to say he'll be better than ever with Sean Payton. No, he'll be good. It's just what measure of good? What do the optics look like? How does it look? Are they running the ball, which they will, and playing great defense? And then that leads to Russ's, you know, kind of a, a steward of the the uh, the offense, and he's a game manager. Here's the hint. Every quarterback's a game manager. But, like, is that just his role? Are there, when plays break down, are you going to beat Kansas City in Arrowhead? Are you doing it because of a Russell Wilson throw on a play where he made two reads and then improvised? I think Sean Payton is going to set things up for Russell Wilson to get to his planned improvisational skill. Is that right? Is that an oxymoron? (laughs) Like, I think he's going to get there. He's going to get to him there faster than Nathaniel Hackett, Frankenstein. It's Russell Wilson. Holy, shut your mouth. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Hackett fanboy. We don't need that. You need a real coach. You got a real coach in Sean Payton. The adults are in charge. Once again, it's at your health training center, and it feels great, baby. But what do the optics look like? You can have 10-plus wins with Russell Wilson. You can. But is it him handing the ball off all the time and playing safe with the football? In training camp, there is one thing that you need to look for more than anything else. KJ. I'm going to put you on the spot, my man. It's good to have you back. If you're watching Russell Wilson at training camp, and I tell you before camp, I say, KJ, you're my dude. You got to look for one thing. Can you tell me what that one thing is? Because I'm sure my answer will surprise you. 
Oh, I think the obvious answer would be his mobility, but I think the non-obvious answer for Russell Wilson will be how he's able to throw the ball over the middle. Okay. And he throws his guys that's, over. That's both very good answers. And both, like, like, right there on the list, the number one thing I need to see, though, is interceptions. And that may sound weird to people. Like, what are you talking about, Lammy? Like, it's interceptions. Because if he's making mistakes, he's learning. Peyton Manning in training camp threw a ton of interceptions. You know who didn't? Case Keenum. There was a time in training camp, and we talked about it on these airwaves. Case Keenum went like two weeks without throwing a pick, right? And it was like, oh, my God, guys, Case Keenum, he doesn't throw picks. It's because he's not doing anything. It's because he's he's just dumping it off all the damn time. I'm almost cussing, so please get the dump button ready, even though I have a big, nice, red, shiny button right next to me. I prefer if someone else presses the dump button. (laughs) I'm sorry, KJ. I really am. But I need to see Russell Wilson throwing picks. Because I need to see Russell Wilson testing the defense, testing his arm, testing his receivers, testing, challenging what he can do, what he can be this season. I need to see it from Russell Wilson. And I'm not going to see it if he's out there being safe with the football. And that's not hero ball, by the way. Hero ball is largely ignoring the playbook, putting on the cape, thinking you can do it all. You can't do it all, Russ. But what you can do is improvise. But what you need to do is run the play until you get to improvise. Because Sean Payton's offense, somebody's going to be open pretty fast. Okay? I can't tell you what I've seen because of Broncos media policy, and I have to bang my head against the wall every time I have to, you know, couch that statement. Every time I have to say that damn statement, it drives me up a wall. Because I wish I could tell you Russ is dealing. I wish I could tell you Russ is out there hitting Jerry Judy on that slant route. I wish I could tell you Cortland Sutton is taking the top off the defense. I wish I could tell you the running backs are going to be involved as receivers out of the backfield. I wish I could tell you all that stuff. I can't tell you any of it. Now, how much of what I just said is true, that's up for you to decide. But either way, I need to see Russell Wilson dealing. And if he's making mistakes in practice, I don't care. You're not going to start Jarrett Stidham, all right? If Stidham has to start, it's because Russ is a little bit banged up. As KJ said, like, what's he, what's he, what is he as a runner? Like, where's he at running-wise? Like, can he still kind of scoot a little bit? I think he can, but we don't yet know. It's the offseason. It's not like I've seen Russell Wilson in a full sprint. We know he's in much better shape. I'm glad he's taking his physique more seriously this season. But this whole fantasy of Jared Stidham, please, everyone, stop. Is anyone on this station promoting Jared Stidham? Because if they are, I will publicly shame them right now. I will publicly shame my coworkers right here at Denver Sports, right here at 104 Through the Fan. I will publicly shame them right now because nobody with half a brain and half knowledge for the game of football should be promoting Jared Stidham as anything other than a backup because that's what he is. So if Russ is out there, let's say we're a week into camp, right? The dog days of summer. We're a week into camp. Everybody's sweating. And... You're watching Russell Wilson, and, man, this is, he's throwing a couple picks a day. Man, you know, he tested it, and Sertan got him, and Simmons got him. Simmons going to lead the league in interception. Bold prediction, because not a hot take, because hot takes are dumb. Bold prediction, Justin Simmons is going to lead the league in interceptions. Now, he did it last year. He tied with Tariq Woolen. <sighs> 21 minutes. I made it 21 minutes into the show. Although I did mention Isaiah Pacheco earlier. Either way, I digress. 
this team's going to get the ball from the opponent. So I dare you, I guess Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know, is Garoppolo even going to make the team? I dare you, Justin Herbert, who's going to take more deep shots because Joe Lombardi's here. Joe Lombardi didn't fit with Justin Herbert because Joe Lombardi likes to dink and duck the short stuff. And Justin Herbert is a wild stallion, and he loves to go deep, and that's what they're going to do. Quentin Johnston, that pick. Like, y'all let the Chargers have uh, my favorite receiver in this draft. Quentin Johnston. Well, maybe Zay Flowers. (laughs) I don't know. I think Zay Flowers might be my favorite. But Quentin Johnston, like, right there. Top two receivers. One goes to Baltimore and Zay Flowers. One goes to the Chargers and Quentin Johnston from TCU. So that guy's going to take the top off the defense. Mike Williams, big Mike, he's going to take the top off the defense. King Allen's going to do his thing on drag routes underneath. That's what he does. But I dare you guys. I dare anyone on the Broncos schedule. Okay? Sam Howell, Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers, the revenge of Nathaniel Hackett. We're going to see the Jets in hard knocks, really? Nathaniel Hackett, I warn you, the camera adds 20 pounds, so, you know, you might want to... I can't tell Nathaniel Hackett to lose weight, but I can say, you know, you're going to be on camera, you might want to be a little tighter, Nathaniel, and shave that goatee. It looks ridiculous. It's not 1995, although I wish it was. Anyway, I I dare all of these quarterbacks to go after that Broncos defense because that secondary is legit, okay? And on the flip side of that, you're going to get the ball back, You're going to give it to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson needs to challenge the defense in practice. If he's throwing picks in practice, for the love of God, and I will lose my flipping mind if somebody on this station is saying, they're going to play with Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham can't play, okay? He's okay. He's nice. He's average backup. That's what he is. There's nothing to see, Officer Bar Brady. Nothing to see, people. There's nothing to see with Jared Stidham. So don't think that Russ sucks and they've got some magical guy behind him. And look at that game he had against the 49ers. It was one game. Look at the next week against the Chiefs when he stunk. Okay? Again, analyze, realize, theorize. As I go Johnny Cochran here on on this show, Russell Wilson, it's his show. It's his game. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to listen to Sean Payton. He's got to have fun. And he's got to be very good for the Broncos not to consider other options. They're always looking elsewhere. They always are. you got to make them not want to fire you, basically. If you're the Denver Broncos, and if you're Russell Wilson, you want to impress this staff so much that they don't want to even think about getting rid of you because it worked out so wonderfully. That's what you have to do. You don't have a savior in Jared Stidham. You've got a guy in Russell Wilson with skill, a great coach now, and lots to prove. That's a combination for success, my friends. It is, uh, I almost said it's orange and blue today. Uh, Too many questions, too many shows. Denver Sports Tonight. I am Cecil Lammy talking about the Denver Broncos. And yeah, I said Justin Simmons would lead the league in interceptions, but there is another playmaker. You need to know, and you're never going to guess who it is in the secondary. I will tell you next. Cecil Lamian on Denver Sports Tonight talking about, you guessed it, the Denver Broncos. And this Broncos defense is going to be the, the leaders of what this team does. The offense will be able to pull its own weight now, unlike the last however many years. 
been so long. It's been so bad. The Broncos would have only scored 17 points under Vic Fangio. Anyway, all those days are done. Offense is going to be better, more pressure on the defense. When the offense scores more, the opponents will have to try to get ahead. When they do that, that's where Justin Simmons is. Simmons is one of the best safeties in the league. He's been that way for a long, long time. Um, you, you saw it at Boston College. You saw him learn patiently, uh, listen to coaching, watch film, study opponents. Like Justin Simmons is one of the brightest players in the, in the league and certainly on the Broncos roster. But as Yoda said, there is another. And I'm here to tell you that this secondary is full of playmakers. All right? Kwan Williams is going to be great in the slot, and he'll be great on blitzes if they were to do that. Vance Joseph is going to be creative with his blitzes. I'm not telling you anything that I'm not supposed to, but Vance Joseph will be very creative. So, yes, there will be linebacker blitzes. Inside linebackers, I'm talking. There will be corner blitzes. There will be safety blitzes. And this, again, isn't revealing anything. It's just football. Your pass rushers are a question mark. What do you do? Send the house from somewhere else. Like, that's what you do. And Vance Joseph, already known as a creative designer of defense, already known as a aggressive play caller, well, that's what he's going to do. But at the safety position, they've got some ballers now. Now, J.L. Skinner is the rookie, a kid from Boise State. A um, little bit banged up this offseason. More of a developmental guy. We'll see. P.J. Locke's out there flying around making plays. This is a player that I know the Broncos covet, and I think fans should be definitely warmed up to because Locke is very quick. His click-and-close ability, probably one of my favorite scouting terms, is off the charts because he can diagnose plays quickly. He plants that foot in the ground. He explodes to the, wherever the ball's going or to the ball carriers, not afraid of contact. So, P.J. Locke, get ready because I'm making a list, okay? There is a list of playmakers and ballers in this Broncos secondary. K-Jack, of course, going to do his thing. Seasoned veteran, we all know. Uh, what he's going to be, Caden Stearns. If healthy, that's the big caveat with Caden Stearns. Like, if healthy, he can be a center fielder. That's what he was at Texas his freshman year. Then he got hurt, never really played up to his full potential. We've seen flashes in the pros, but then he gets hurt, and we never see him really play up to his full potential. But just know this, a talented playmaker lies within. If Caden Stearns can ever stay healthy, for most of a season. I'm not even saying a full season. If he just stays healthy for most of a season, you've got a great playmaker on your team that can roam, that can cover ground, that can find the ball quickly, that diagnoses well. You don't ever want to get fooled by pump fakes, play fakes, these sorts of things. Caden Stearns doesn't. P.J. Locke's a little more aggressive, so you know maybe a pump fake might get him to take a false step. Football is so beautiful because... When you watch film, you're essentially, it's it's the game of influence, right? I've often said department of influence. Like, your job as an offensive play caller is to influence the defense in the way that you want. It's what makes Kyle Shanahan great. Kyle Shanahan, in working with Jimmy Garoppolo, for the love of God, like, 
he's able to manipulate and maneuver the defense with formations, with route combinations to get you in a spot where you will be based on how you're going to play the ball so that he can go to another spot, which will be wide open. Guess what Sean Payton's going to do? Same thing. So you're creating space, basically. Football is a game of angles and a game of inches. You're creating space. I think P.J. Locke gets a little bit aggressive, like his playmaking ability, like his aggression. Uh, but sometimes I would be concerned, like, okay, watch him on a double move. Watch him on a pump fake. Watch him on a play fake, something like that. Like, I, I need to see in training camp Locke take those steps. That physical talent is off the charts. It's there. This guy could play. There's no doubt there. And these are all safeties vying for time opposite of Justin Simmons. So look at the log jam that you have at the safety position. I'm not done, by the way. I think Riley Moss, you guys are going to love him. I think um, his battles, if he's ever matched up against Jerry Judy, and he may be, you're going to see something special. You're going to see it. You're going to see the kid get burned, okay? Jerry Judy can still cut a rug. He's not any good on a corner route, a post route, or a go route. But if we're talking about stuff underneath, a breaking route, he's not good on comebacks, okay? Comebacks are curls. He's not good. So there's about five routes out of the full route tree, which is about half of the route tree. There's five routes I don't really want Jerry Judy running, curl, comeback, post, corner, and go. I don't want Jerry Judy running those. I want Jerry Judy running to the sidelines. We call them a sideline or an out route. I want Jerry Judy running a cross route. I want Jerry Judy running a drag route. I want Jerry Judy running a screen route. Like, these are the routes that Jerry Judy is best at. So if you're ever going to see Riley Moss against him, and Riley Moss is a corner slash safety slash, I don't know, playmaker, and you all are going to love him. You're going to love him because he's going to get burned, and then he's going to come right back and fight. He's never going to back down from that challenge. So that is something that is incredible to see because you see a young dog. You see a rookie who's going against a veteran who doesn't give a you-know-what, and he's ready. And, yeah, the veteran's going to get him. Jerry Judy's going to get him. Of course Jerry Judy's going to get him. But it's not going to impact his mind. And that's what we saw from Damari Mathis last year. Damari Mathis loved him at Pitt, thought he was a good pick for the Broncos. And trust me, last year their picks were not all good. Okay? Do I have to bring up Montreal Washington for the zillionth time? That was not a good pick. Okay? Terrible pick. Delarian Turner yell one pick in front of Tariq Wollin, who tied for the lead league in interceptions with Justin Simmons. That's a terrible pick. That's just a terrible pick. Nothing against the players individually, both nice kids, terrible picks. Terrible. You know who wasn't? Damari Mathis. Damari Mathis can play, and I like that he's taken his physicality and his aggression, and he's sharpened it. Like, he's still aggressive, he's still physical, but he does, he's not as reckless. He's not as, you know, uh, reckless with his movement, with any sort of, like, false steps for getting influenced and biting on that play fake and jumping for that interception. Instead, he's going to let you catch it and then beat you up. <laughs> like, earlier, Damari Mathis would, like, cut off the route and go for the pick. Now, he might let you catch it just so he can hit you. Okay, that's who Mathis is. Playmaker. And you say, okay, Pat Sertan, obviously... Best cornerback in the league, whatever you want to say. Yes, all those things are true. There's no superlative that you can use. That it, There's no compliment that you can give Pat Sertan that is over the top. So if I say he's the best corner in the league, you know what? You, you may say it's arguable. Maybe not most of you out there, but 
someone from another city wants to say, that's arguable. Okay, it's arguable, but you can't deny it. You can't deny he's in the conversation for being the best corner in the league. So look at all the playmakers in the second day. I'm not even done. Because one of my favorite players, there's some names you need to know. And as we get closer to training camp, and as we get to training camp, there are names that you will know that you will remember and some of you will love. Jaquan McMillan. That's all I got to say. I can't tell you what he did this offseason because blah, blah, blah. But Jaquan McMillan is going to push for a much larger role than people think. And Jaquan McMillan, if he is beat out, let's say, by Damari Mathis, okay. If he's beat out by K1, okay, and he's your fourth corner. Uh, granted, Tremont Smith is there, and Tremont, I really like Tremont Smith. And he's more of a, he's a returner option, to be sure. There's your Montreal Washington pick. Um, so Tremont will be out there as returner, maybe this, the lead returner. We'll see if Montreal makes the team. I don't think he does, but we'll see. Kid's got a shot. I've talked to special teams coach Ben Kotwaka about him and saying, you know, like, how do you get Montreal over the yips? Because that's what he had last year. Like, the physical stuff's so easy to see. It's why people were like, oh, he's fast, he's quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That tells me that your eyes work. Montreal, Washington is fast and quick. Uh-huh. Why does he get all nervous? Right? <laughs> why does he get nervous? Why does he go out there and try to do too much? Either way. I've talked to the special teams coach about it, and it's on the press conference, so you can hear uh, Kotwick's answer. Coach, you can hear his answer about how you slow down his mind and make sure that natural athleticism comes through. But I'm here to tell you, Jaquan McMillan, just put a pin in it, man. (laughs) Put a pin in his name. Make sure you watch him. Number 35 on the field, number one in your hearts, ladies and gentlemen, because he's been making some noise. And I feel that during training camp and during the preseason, There's no way you're going to sneak him through to the practice squad. There's a few guys on this team that if you think like, oh, they can put him on the practice squad. No, they can't. No, they can't because if I'm another team, the Broncos have some depth concerns. But if I'm another team, you know what I'm doing? You know what I'm doing in August? And this is why I've never done anything other than consult for a few NFL teams. But if I were to work for a team, you know what I'd want to do? Be a pro scout because pro scouts watch the other teams and then you go, oh, let's go get that guy. Let's pluck that guy. The pro scout is like the best job in in scouting. So I think Jaquan McMillan just got to watch and uh, watch him make some plays in training camp. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a blast. Well, I promised I would talk about the Colorado Rockies and I guess – I will complain about them. And while it's James Merrillat, I said it was Jake Shapiro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jake, if you're listening out there. I'm sorry. It was actually James Merrillat who wrote about it at denversports.com. And why what's going on at 20th and Blake is all your fault. We'll tell you next. Cecil Lammy here on Denver Sports Tonight. The rare... I'm going to complain about the Rockies segment. Does anybody say anything good about the Rockies? Like, seriously. If the Rockies were good, and we've experienced championships with the Colorado Avalanche. We've experienced championship 
with the Denver Nuggets. It's been a minute since the Broncos won a Super Bowl. We all know this is Broncos country. I understand that. And I always try to uh, not tick off my coworkers when they're like, uh, you know, covering the abs or the nuggets. And I'm just like, well, if the Broncos were good, it would uh, it would be the king. Uh, and it's still the king, by the way. But I'm here to tell you, if the Rockies were good, and I've seen people like, sell them to Kroenke, like, okay, whatever. If the Rockies were good, this town would be a baseball town. Not over the Broncos, okay? But I feel, and I could be totally wrong, so if I'm wrong, just tell me and whatever. But I feel that if the Rockies were good, there is a collection of baseball fans here that is larger than hockey fans. Every city, there is a certain number of hockey fans, and they seem to want to keep casual hockey fans out. So it's like it's always the same number, you know, grows a little bit, but doesn't grow as much as it should. I blame a hockey fan, actually, and they'll get all pissed off, which is whatever. You'll be all right. But, like, the reason why the NFL explodes in popularity is because it embraces the casual fan. If you mispronounce some Russian's name, hockey fan will jump down your throat. It's like, I'm sorry, you know. With baseball, it's there. And how do I know it's there? Because the Rockies suck and the weekend attendance for the three-game set against the Angels was 132,000 people. I was on Facebook. I mean, Facebook. And I don't know what it was. But, like, a lot of my friends, as I'm scrolling, a lot of my friends were, like, posting from the Rockies game. And I'm like, what is going on? Like... I understand you want to see Shohei Otani. You want to see Mike Trout. You know, I get that as a baseball fan, but it's like everybody's going. Everybody's doing it. Like, what? Seriously? Okay. This is why nothing changes. Nothing changes with the Colorado Rockies because they don't have any impetus, I think is the word I'm looking for. They don't have any reason to change anything because you still go. And you usually go to see the other team. You go to see the other players, which is fine. And I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money. Going to baseball games cheap. Thank God, not much is cheap. I was just complaining to KJ about the price of sports drinks. <laughs> so, like, uh, we can work on the economy, everybody. I mean, you know, I'm just saying, don't want to get political, but if somebody could please help the economy, uh, that would be good. Thank you, but it's it's cheap to go to a baseball game, and ba- I enjoy going to a baseball game. You could never make me watch it on TV, most boring sport ever on TV other than kickball, but this is it. This is why, and I understand why people go, and it's a you know father-son, it's a family thing, it's a mother-son, whatever, like whatever combination, friends getting together, best bar in Lodo, is what they make fun of for Dick's Deck. Like, okay, yeah, you can go to Coors Field, and it's a blast, and it's fun, and it's the greatest time ever. Okay, the, yes, yes, all that's true, yes. But if at the same time and in the same breath you start complaining about the actual Rockies, their team, your team, the home team, then I'm sorry, you're the one to blame. Colorado is the second-worst team in the National League, just percentage points ahead of the lowly Nationals. They're dead last in their division, 16 and a half games behind Arizona. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. 
which includes somehow winning two or three against the Angels, despite getting outscored 32-12 to over the weekend series. But 132,000 people went over the weekend. And again, just go back and look at your fake book. Look at your friends and your friends. Play foosball with your friends. Watch. Everyone was going. Everybody's doing it. And I'm like, well, you can't complain. You know what I don't do? I don't go to Rockies games. No, you'll be shocked to know that. But, like, you really going to support that product? That's what you're going to do? And then you're going to complain that the product isn't good? Well, you're the reason why. Like, if nobody went, then perhaps the Montfords would be prompted to change things. But nothing's going to change when 130,000 people go over a weekend series. Anyway, that's a wrap for today's program. I will be back on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday before my vacation. Thanks to my man, KJ. I'm Cecil Lammy, denversports.com. Appreciate you all. Watch Orange and Blue today at 3.30 p.m. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And as always, would you please stay frosty?